We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is the Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Sobriety, community, accountability, transparency, and service work. I hope. Oh yeah! Unspoken words episode cool seventy four. Ah uh, hey! 74. No NBA player has ever worn this number before. <laughs> Boo hoo! <laughs> Seventy-four, yeah. Seventy-four, yeah. Yeah. Number seventy-four. Seventy-four, yeah. Uh-huh. Over here to my left, all the way from L Jesus. L Jesus. He's the Pod Gotti. Pod Gotti, yeah. Randy B in that place to be. Randy B in the place to be. What's up? (laughs) And over here to my right. All the way from Bapa Nine No Nine No Nine No. Your favorite Indian JCB say what's up? What's up? And across the way from me tonight, special guests in the house. All the way from the Bay. Yeah, we're wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Ashler Barricane in the house say what's up? Yo, what's happening? Yo, 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 yo. And you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs. Arrow Creek, stand up. Oh. <laughs> Arrow Creek, yeah. I am so very happy to be here <laughs> with you guys. <laughs> when you think of trash, think of Hakeem. <laughs> trash, yeah. Trash, yeah. Hakeem, yeah. <laughs> Fries, yeah. <laughs> Didn't that guy just die? That uh, Louis Anderson? Oh, did he? Damn, yeah. man, RIP. Next is the fries. Yeah, next is the fries. Couple years. I started. Wa- I started out mopping floors just like you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, all right. So I got a little warm up for us. I got warm up. Yeah, warm up. Yeah, icebreaker questions. Yeah. Um, you guys ready? Let's go around the horn. I'll ask the question, and Randy, Ashler, and then JC answer. Uh, I might answer a few as well. Uh, here we go. Well, okay. All right. Here we go. Number 34. Hmm? Who is your craziest, most interesting relative? Um, oh. No, no. You don't have to name names. You just say, oh, my cousin. <laughs> 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 Cousin. Cousin. Chun. Oh. Chun then. Chun then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chun is it? Oh, no. Like, interesting how, like, 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 that's up for you to Like, a real interesting life, or? No, that's you, man. That's whatever. Whatever yeah. whatever comes to mind. Cousin? Or family member, you said? Yeah, yeah. Cousin, family member. Auntie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. Sorry. Okay. So you're looking at him. Yeah, <laughs> you're looking at him. 
All right, same question to you, Ashley. Um, damn, we got a lot of family. I know. <laughs> uh, um, the most craziest, interesting to you, I guess. Yeah, that, that way. Uh, shit, probably Fat Man. Oh yeah. Yep, Rod Rondu. Mm. Yep. Okay. Cool okay. guy, man. Stunt man. Stunt man. Yep. Yeah. Good dude. What you did? Oh, man. I think, you know, we're natives, man. They're all like that. All our relatives are like that. I know. Um, but I think if you really can't answer that question, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I could, I mean, yeah, I could. a lot of people are coming to mind just because of their own little quirks and the way they, the way they, I don't want to say the way they act because that sounds like a negative. <laughs> because so, of who they are. Because of who they are. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot. So I know. Yeah, same that's, here. That's a tough question. <clears throat> I was just gonna say me. <laughs> one of the craziest ones in the mall. Okay, so next question: What band would you be embarrassed to admit you listen to? Band, band, musical band. Me first. Yeah, you first. Uh, let me look at my playlist. There's this one. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a no, my daughter turned me on no, to the song. Mine. It's called uh, <laughs> Seven Years by Lucas Graham. I'm not embarrassed about it, but yeah. it's like not something that I normally rock. It's like seven it's not years. something you'll bump down the street. Yeah, but I do like. Oh, when but you travel yeah. like yeah. <laughs> it's on my playlist. So. <laughs> right Just on, right on. Rock it when <clears throat> when we're rolling. All right, kind of like right. a cheesy song, but it's cool. All right, what about you? I don't know. I got quite a few. <laughs> Got a lot of bones in them closets. Yeah, I know. Just give me one. Give us one. My, give us one. Yeah, my playlist is kind of crazy because um, it'll go from anything from punk rock to like old school hyphy bass shit to like, um, I don't know, to like more mellow hip hop to probably in sync. Yeah, I listen to like some fucking French music sometimes. Like, just, oh, bro, I don't know. So it's. It's all over. Yeah, there's probably yeah. like this one song that pops up my playlist, especially when I'm at work working with all the other dudes, and like we're all in construction. So I mean, you know, pop on. It's uh, I think it's uh, Nick, Nick and Moss. Um, is it Lovey and Rose? Okay. Mm, so that shit pops on, and it's like. <laughs> I gotta like switch oh it up. Yeah, switch oh it up real God. quick. Oh, oh, oh shit. Yeah. Who put that in there? Yeah, that's the only one I'm bumping like in my truck uh. on my way home. But <laughs> <laughs> you then? I am not embarrassed about anything on my playlist. True. I, man, if it's playing, it's playing. I'll okay. listen to, I mean, because you, you guys know me, man. I'll listen to Metallica, to George Strait. <laughs> And man, if you want to hear some like some some odd ones, I got Paris Hilton on there. The Bee Gees, hmm. uh, Electric Light Orchestra is good, but I don't know why I mentioned that. Um, but there's just all kinds of stuff, just everything, everything, rock, country, reggae. Okay, I'm kind of embarrassed to listen to Bob Marley. 
Why? What? What? No, because I don't smoke weed no more. Because I'm not a Rastafarian. No, man. But that that no, I'll let that pass. That went straight to the heart. What? His radio channel is kind of trash too, though. You got on XM. Have you listened to it? Oh no. Yeah, like I remember when I was when I was younger, like like junior high and freshman and you know used to be uh, all heavy metaled out i used to be embarrassed that i listened to country music oh i grew up on country music oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well i didn't want people to know that i listened to it because i wanted to be this you know hard rock dude blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay but then after a while i realized you know and i said a thousand times before i'm not going to put myself in that box no, mm. no way and anything that comes on on my playlist we're going to jam it out okay. otherwise it wouldn't be on our playlist <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Playlist, yeah. Playlist, Playlist, yeah. Who put that on there? Playlist, yeah. Playlist, yeah. Who put that on there? It's <laughs> raining, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. Start no. doing the Carlton dance. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Why? Tell me why. Tell me why. I really want to hear you say I want it that way (laughs) Tell me why (laughs) I just did (laughs) (laughs) I already told you (laughs) Alright here's what um, What is the craziest thing on your bucket list Oh, Before you kick the bucket What is the craziest thing you want to do Anybody? I everybody. Out, I want to jump out of an airplane. Damn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I like that. I like to, that. Yeah, go to Denver. <laughs> go to Denver. I think, yeah, jump I out think of an airplane. Have, yeah, I think they have a. Well, yeah. you probably. I wonder if you do it here. Yeah, you probably could. They probably got a place in Denver you can do. That. Yeah, there's like you can like glide. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what I want to do, man. I kind of. I'm. I'm like a boring dude. Like, okay. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to repel don't. off the rims. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Like that, that, where it's only 20 feet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not like a... I never really thought about a bucket list dog. But I, I, I got to tell you, though, I'd be scared to death. I'd be scared to death, but I'd, I would, I would, I would want to try it just, yeah. just once. Yeah, that's on my bucket list to do some skydiving, but like... I don't think it's the craziest thing. Like one thing that I want to do uh, before I kick the bucket is like go out into the into the sticks, and try to find Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Yeah, find <laughs> Yeti. Night. Yeah, no, yeah, for real. With no weapons, like be out there for like. Uh, long, Would you be in your car? Period. Would you be walking? No, like set up a camp and just like be out there and just wait for it to call. Come. I heard he doesn't come if you have a gun. I forgot they're without weapons. Yep. Well, I got to kill deer. <laughs> but I think, like, just from, like, I don't know, just, like, from listening to that Sasquatch Chronicles, if it did come, it don't, it don't even matter, man. You got to need a tank to take that thing out. A nuclear weapon. Really? For real, man. Like, as big as it is and how fast it moves and how strong it is. There's, like, stories of it, like, Killing things like people like ex like just happen to watch it kill things, and it's like very powerful, big and strong and hairy. 
Stinky. <laughs> I know her. I know her. <laughs> yeah. I dated her in the nineties. <laughs> Babe, pop my back. <laughs> Can you pop my back, babe? <laughs> pop my back now. <laughs> Fuzz, remember you're remember strong? <laughs> remember you got those yeti hands? <laughs> Your yeti arms. <laughs> what about you? Oh, man. I, that's what I want to do. Like, really just jump out of a plane. Yeah. He's pretty sketchy. I'd want to do it. With a parachute or no parachute? <laughs> <laughs> no parachute. <laughs> That'd really be the bug. YOLO and jump out. <laughs> oh, man, that and then just go surfing. You know what else would be cool, too, is to uh, almost said skydive again. Uh, dive, dive. Like scuba dive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm scared of the ocean, so. Man, like, the ocean's sketchy. <laughs> yeah, That's what I was going to say, bro. Like, I seen, I was just watching this video earlier today. Uh, this girl caught her man cheating, right? And then they went out to like she took him <laughs> out to the ocean. Like she told him they were gonna do something and uh, like on that little like jet ski type deal and there was like a slide on there. Yeah. And dude, like he like she told him to go and he slid off. <laughs> like on that off. slide. Yeah, bro, and she took off. And he's like, dude, hey, like oh. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Damn. Like not too Did far from Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> but Still, like, Man, she was all vindictive, like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's crazy. I'm like, probably freak out. Oh, that water because you can't see nothing, bro. Yeah, like, I've swam in lakes and did like boating and like tubing and stuff on lakes. That's scary. Like, when you fall off, you're like, dang, man, this like the bottom's like way down there. I don't know what's down there. <laughs> There's just something right underneath. You just watch you kick your yeah. legs. Yeah. Just waiting for you to run out of breath. Yeah. But the ocean's got all sorts of things in there, man. <coughs> things we probably don't even know about. Yeah, yep. the ocean's like crazy. They haven't, you know, it's like the only like undiscovered uh, place on the planet we got left. All that and like maybe all the frozen shit in that or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, and then there's a lot of like like forests and stuff that people don't go to either. Like they can like like um like the Pacific Northwest and all mm-hmm. of in Alaska and stuff. They don't go to there. Why? Because well, it's too hard to get in and out. Yeah, I mean, I'm rough, sure you very rough terrain. I'm sure that you could like drop you, drop you in, yeah, and then go and pick you up. But it's too hard to get in. Kind of like by helicopter or something. Yeah, yeah there's something like no like roads that. and stuff. That's where you go find Sasquatch. Yes, sir. my mind. Would you go do that? Would you go into the forest, yeah. jump off there, and find? Yep, Sasquatch. Oh damn. Yep. yep. I mean, I wouldn't go by myself, but <laughs> I would want to go do that. Would you wear a GoPro? Yep. Man, I'd have everything. Solar panels so I could charge my GoPro every day, walk around, upload my videos. <laughs> and you're hey, guys, me. I'm over here. I made it. <laughs> yeah, just vote. He all, gone. They're going to find your GoPro later on. And he gone. Be, Blair Witch Project. He's alive, and you'll just see him move out of the, out of the shot. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of my live feed. <laughs> oh no, that'd be scary, man. Hey, no. Yeah, I don't, I I don't like to scare myself. Just <laughs> just to scare yeah, you, bro. <laughs> no, I th- I would definitely do that. I want to do that um, eventually at some point. Maybe when I retire. Yeah. Like where's just I don't know. He's out there trying looking for Bigfoot. 
<laughs> I'm kind of like a boring guy. My bucket list would probably be like go to like the Super Bowl on the 50 yard line. Or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. something like go streaking at the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> streaking. Like, yeah, no, no freaking out of the box type stuff. Out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do a couple more. Streaking. Uh, yeah. Streaking. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be on my bucket list because I do that on the daily. <laughs> From my bedroom to the bathroom. <laughs> and back again. Hands in here. Okay, what's a weird fact you happen to know? A weird fact. Weird. Yeah, weird fact. We might already said it too, man. We're always talking about weird stuff on here. Um, the weirdest fact I know is that they use beaver anal glands to make an oh, That's right. Oh, yeah. That's that was like the early episodes. Because, like, vanilla beans are too expensive. <laughs> well, they, I, I don't know about that. I never thought of, I never. I, my mind didn't go that way when I first heard it. Yeah. My mind went to, like, who was the first dude to try that out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! Like, Who was tossing it. those <laughs> like beaver oh. salads? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try the beaver salad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, nah, for real! Like, how did they figure that out? I know that. Like, man, you just accidentally like catch a whiff. Ooh, that smells like the vanilla. <laughs> I'll put it on my pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like it too. <laughs> <laughs> You said that a little too fast, JC. <laughs> You're like, wait a second. Okay. It's just like this beaver trapper. <laughs> wait a second here. <laughs> beaver trapper. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, the shit. beaver pout getter guy. Some hungry ass mountain man. <laughs> Use every part of the beaver. <laughs> Save that part for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like dessert. <laughs> Anybody else? With a weird you fact. Got, you got uh, weird no dessert. weird facts. I like to watch like weird videos though. Or like what? like those pimple poppers and <laughs> uh, all that. Like coming from like Diwali and stuff. Like, have you ever watched those? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife's watched those, dude. Yeah, they're like grossly get, fascinating. I know, like, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, you start watching that shit. And it's like, what the fuck? Why yeah. am I watching? That? Oh, yuck, man. Like, <laughs> but you can't stop watching. Yeah, but you can't stop. You gotta watch the whole video. Yeah, they pop some of those pimples, and then like that <laughs> white ooze yeah, comes bro. out and it swirls. Like, uh, <laughs> like yeah, bro. Uh, <laughs> like even the deep ones, like ooh man. <laughs> like the big suckers, and then yeah. like there's like a big old gas there, and you're like ah yuck. Like, what are you talking about? Pimples. Oh. Yeah, like <laughs> did you ever like when you were younger, like when you first started getting pimples, like. Looking in the mirror and then you pop it and then like it goes onto the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> you never. But it's like that. it's like so fascinating. Whoa. About a couple months ago, I was looking up like kits on Amazon. Yeah, pimple poppers, and I bought one for like twelve bucks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they're like all different kinds. Like it comes with like a guide, like shows you what each tool, what kind of uh, pimple it's for. Oh, everyone? You're offering, yeah. you're offering that service? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in the mirror like trying to pop my stomach. Uh, I thought you had that, Get that side, hustle. side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> Little side hustle pumping pimples. 
Never so sanitize is there, is there, is there anything that <laughs> off limits is what we should ask? Never sterilize those tools? <laughs> <laughs> Still smell like the last one's face? Oh. Just use a paper towel and wipe them off? All right, next. <laughs> oh, they all smell like back. <laughs> <laughs> Dog with their ugly, but man, you see some like gnarly stuff, bro. Like, oh man, I tell you. the human body is kind of gross, man. I know. Hey, you know they got uh, Doctor Pimple yeah. Popper on, on TLC. Oh, huh? Yeah, yep. Oh yeah. And, and I, I, I watched that, but then like, like right after it, they had this one when my feet are killing me. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, what? And bro. Oh, and then the toe bro too. Yeah, the toe bro. That's what it's called. And holy cow, I can't stop watching that either. Yeah, what the heck is that? It's toe bro. Yeah, (laughs) basically what it sounds like. But he's like he, 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 man, these people come in with these gnarly, just wicked toes, toes, man. Toes, yeah. Like uh, all the ingrowns. Some of them are man, they're real thick. Start like, digging growing back into the thick foot. Yeah. Cuts them out and stuff. Damn. <laughs> they got they got one um my feet are killing me. Yeah. That one. Like like their their feet are killing like, me. Yeah. More, more deformed. <laughs> deformed, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> but, uh, oh and then oh and stuck. Stuck. Like, Is like that about rest dogs? <laughs> 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 a rest dog story. Yeah. Rest dog <laughs> love story. <laughs> no, it's like, the, like okay, so this girl got this. Oh, like you know, like people they they get things like stuck in their ear and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And they got to dig them out, and this one dude, man, they pulled out this big old chunk of earwax. Yeah, and then they started like, oh, there's still yeah. some more in there, and then they like started flushing it out, and man, it just kept coming out. Like, holy cow, he had like Damn. a whole candle. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> It was like a dollar store candle, or like, <laughs> bro, like earwax is crazy beyond too, candle. bro. Like, like Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, oh, bro, like man, they're kind of freaking ugly, but dog, like they come like they got hair on them and everything, bro. Like wax. Hey. Like, there's that much wax in your brain. <clears throat> I mean, your head. Well, yeah. you know that most people don't like, even realize it, but you know when you clean your ears with those Q-tips, you're just pushing it back in there, and it basically. Yuck. Basically, pushing it in and out. Packing it. (laughs) (laughs) Packing it. Yuck. All right, next question. All right. You got to get in and scoop. (laughs) You got to scoop, don't push. Scoop. Scoop. Scoop Scoop it out, don't tamp it in. (laughs) That's why we're explicit. (laughs) Talking about earwax, bro. Earwax, yeah. Uh, what is your favorite smell and why? Beaver. <laughs> beaver extract. It used to be cinnamon. Now it's beaver extract. Vanilla extract. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, why do you... Oh, <laughs> you just Google this. This is the video of Pimple What's Popper. Your favorite smell? Oh, wait, it's an ad. <laughs> oh, man. Favorite smell yeah. and why? Uh, oh, man. I like cinnamon. But yeah. then I think just because lately I've been craving cinnamon, oh, like, yeah. like cinnamon guess. gum or candy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and those fireballs. <laughs> Man, those are <laughs> ugly, bro. But I can't find any. Those what? Remember those those atomic fireball thingies? Oh, yeah. Oh, those gel candies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. The coffee uh, flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You drop them in your coffee and make it kind of cinnamony. Oh. Cinnam- is that huh. a word? 
Those fire water <laughs> candies. It is now. <laughs> Regular people call it cinnamon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the smell of smudge. <clears throat> oh, you like, like that's your favorite smell though? I wouldn't say favorite, but it's I mean I'm just because I don't like it's one of those things that I don't think I really have a favorite or no. I can't really think of one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just I just to... like things that smell good. <laughs> like there's like antis. Wow. <laughs> antis. <laughs> you guys go ahead, I'll watch the antis. <laughs> antis in July is my favorite smell. <laughs> <laughs> No, but like <laughs> the new fragrance by unspoken words. <laughs> and he's in July. July. <laughs> but uh, Bed Bath and Beyond has this like winter, like a uh, candy apple type um, candy or candle. Yeah, fire. Mm. For vehicles, my favorite is like vanilla. The vanilla. <laughs> The vanilla uh, beaver extract, yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't smell like vanilla. It freaking smells awesome, though. Mm, yeah, the yellow, the yellow tree. Yeah, yeah. I like the um, like burning wood. That smell, yug. Yep. Because like we grew up with that. Uh, <laughs> Because it reminds me of sweat. <laughs> cool. We. They, they got pills for that, bro. Yeah, burning wood. Burning wood, yeah. Whoa. No, I rebuke you guys. No. I gotta have like a. Because I grew up with a. Um, I grew up with a wood stove in the house, so uh, that smell yeah. is very comforting. Like, and then plus, like it's always cold during basketball season, <laughs> so that when I smell that, like a wood stove fire, yeah. and I'm driving through town, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Take a deep breath, basking in the ambience. <laughs> <laughs> What's that movie called? White chicks. Yeah, uh, white white chicks reference. That's a family fave. About you, there, bear cream. Yeah, like you know, fresh cut wood. I guess. <laughs> um, lumber. Shit. Yeah. Well, okay. Pretty then. much. Yeah, right. lumber. I mean, like I don't know. Like, uh, let's see. I made my boy's bed, and so it's made out of all wood and stuff. So I'm just kind of like the know, smell of a wood shop. Yeah, pretty mm. much. Like when I walk into his, be- you know, bedroom, it smells like a wood shop. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. that smells pretty. Good. I can dig yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can dig yeah. that. <clears throat> word, word, word. Okay, last one here. Uh, let me pick. I got a whole list here. <clears throat> um, burning wood. Wow. <laughs> okay. What um? What show on Netflix did you binge watch embarrassingly fast? Or any show on any platform? platform. Did you binge watch embarrassingly fast? It's kind of stupid, but I like to watch the behind bars and stuff like that. Overall? Yeah. Not on Netflix, but all the lockup type stuff. Yeah. They have those on Netflix. <clears throat> yeah. Embarrassingly fast. I, I don't know. It's. Hmm. But I've been on power and stuff. Like power, force. Fifty Cent 
um oh okay on star so oh okay i did like power one through four oh, okay it's like four seasons four <clears throat> the one it? i ain't power yeah what is that it's uh book, book 50 two. cent like wrote this series um and the guy's name is ghost and his best friend named tommy like their childhood friends they grew up like in new york they Come from being like corner boys to like where they built like a empire. Okay. Um, nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, mine's a Tiger King. <laughs> I think I finished it in a weekend when it came out. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What's that guy's name again? Uh, Joe what? Joe Exotic? Yeah. Joe Exotic. Yeah. <laughs> Josiah Exotic. Josiah Exotic. The Tiger King. Did you come back to work talking like him on Monday? <laughs> no, it was during the pandemic. Oh, shit. It was during the pandemic, and, like, I seen posts about it. I said, what's this? And I turned it on, and I was just, like, hooked, and I watched the whole thing. Damn. Yeah. I can't really think of anything. I mean, um, I watched Reservation Dogs real quick, like, in about two nights. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that's easy to do. Yeah, they're they're only half hour. Yeah. Um watched Mandalorian pretty quick. That's a good show. Um I don't know, I don't really can't really think of any like binge like to binge watch like what I'm watching now but I didn't really binge watch it is that Lakers uh series. Oh man, what's it called? Uh, oh, the one on HBO. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I never watched that. It's, it's like a like a fiction. Remember that um, that dude on uh, Ricky Bobby, his buddy. Um, um, the guy with the gold curly locks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his he, name again? I can't remember. No, no, I forget the guy's name. He's John also on C. Riley. Yeah, that guy. He's uh, he's uh, <coughs> Jerry Bus. Oh, okay. And then, um, oh, is that like a movie? Movie? Yeah, it's a show. It's like a series. Oh, it's all about magic, right? Yeah, it's about like when they first drafted him, and then like right now they're they haven't even started their first season yet. Oh, okay. Jerry West, and then like, (laughs) um, Pat Riley looks like an old hippie dude. (laughs) Oh, he was. And then, but I mean, that's the one I'm watching. But I can't really say it's embarrassing or that I binge watched it, but. Okay. Interesting. What about you there, Mr. Bird King? Are we talking about like embarrassing or just something that I've been watched? Both. 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 Either or. <laughs> both. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Oh, does it have to be on Netflix? Nope. No. Okay. Because I don't even have Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I watched all of Yellowstone. And so pretty much just binge watched the shit out of that. And then when the 1883 came out, watched that. But mostly I just watch, like, um, car shows and shit. Mm. All, like, metal fabrication type shit. <laughs> I oh. watch those, yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> I used to, like, watching uh, American Chopper and those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I used like to, like, the, to watch that one. There's, like, that at uh, Rust Valley. Um, and then there's that other car show. Um, basically turning crap, you know. Pimp yeah. my ride? Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically just making, you know, something out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. Word. Right on, right on. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. I think we're warmed up. I binge watched the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really watch Oscars? 
No, I was here. Oh. Yeah. I only yeah. watched that one clip. <laughs> I watched like about <laughs> the most important 30 seconds of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's played out now. I don't even want to talk I know. About you can't even get on social media with yeah, that. You can sing some stupid. Uh, it's, yeah, it's played out big time. Uh, so, yeah, we're all warmed up here at Unspoken Words, episode 74. <laughs> 74, yeah. 74, yeah. 74. <laughs> so, yeah, DJ, why don't you hit me with that? Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right. We're here in the main topic for Unspoken Words, episode 74, and we got Mr. Bear Crane in the hot seat. How you feeling? Pretty good. Yep. All right. Yeah. Get up right up on that mic. Oh yeah. Yep. There you go. Right up on the mic. Yeah. Right up on the <laughs> mic. Yeah. Yep. Um. And then, well, I'm gonna toss it over to your favorite Indian to start the questions. So tell me more about the <laughs> string theory. Oh, string theory. Uh. Yeah. Um. I just want to say thank you for coming in this evening. It's an honor to have you. An honor and a privilege. Um. But. Like, you know, I said, so, you know, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, where you, who you are, where you're from, all this and that good stuff. Yep. Um, I'm Ashley Bear Crane uh, from the Crow Tribe. I was born in uh, Gary, Montana, and then I grew up in Sacramento, California, and pretty much all over Northern California and a little bit of Southern California. And so then... Now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, but but yeah. I like I like how you said I was born in Gary one. Like you had to think about it. Like yeah, you just took yeah. a stab in the dark. Uh, but anyway, so um, yeah. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about you know growing up, like maybe your first exposure to drugs and alcohol. Yep. Stuff like that. Well, probably ever since I was born, it's been around and. Yeah, both alcoholic parents. Um, yeah, when I was a little guy, that's probably, yeah, my dad was a young alcoholic, you know, and my mom, and they were pretty young when they had me, and just kind of stuck in that lifestyle at that, you know, when I was a little boy, you know, and so it was just me and my two sisters at that time, and yeah, we kind of... Or, yeah, my mom was still trying to figure things out, and so we did live in, I think we lived in Lodgegrass. We lived we lived in Hardin. We lived in Two Leggings. Um, yeah, we were kind of around the res there for a little bit, you know, and then it was, let's see, some of my earliest memories was, I think it was like a, my parents parting out in two leggings because we had a house out that way and my dad had some horses and stuff. And, you know, I, I remember just playing in the dirt and watching them, you know, break horses and then, and then it would be okay, but then it would be scary just having these, you know, drunk adults around and me being a little boy and those being some of my earliest memories of just these motherfuckers are crazy, you know, and just yeah. being scared and stuff, you know. <clears throat> and so just being so unpredictable, um, but yeah, I think one of the 
craziest moments when I was a little dude was like just seeing my dad chase my mom. Um, yeah, like I don't know if that rock came through the back window or whatever, like when we were trying to dip out of there and uh, leave that type of situation. But, yeah, my, eventually my mom did get away from my dad. We went to go stay with my auntie while my mom went to treatment in uh, Oakland, California. And then, uh, you know, then she came back and got us, and then we went back to California, in or, you know, in order to start a life up that way. But, uh, yeah, that was maybe I had graduated from Head Start out of um, Lodge Grass. And so I was out, you know, that way. <clears throat> but we didn't – the goal was to make it back to Oakland to start a new life. But we actually – our car caught on fire and blew up right outside of Sacramento. Whoa. And so then the cops drove us into, you know – a homeless shelter in Sacramento and we were homeless for a while. And so we stayed there until my mom got into kind of like a, I don't know if it was like a sober living in type of environment or whatever mm-hmm. it was, but she had gotten into a program or whatever it was and they provided housing. And then later on, eventually we finally got into a house and got on section eight and all that type of stuff. So it really was just from the really, you know, from the fucking bottom. So, yeah, which my mom chose to try and do a different life for us, you know, with and do the best that she could with what she knew, and you know, given her traumatic and alcoholic past with her parents, and you know, this and that, and just trying to come up at that, you know, that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So when when you were over there, did did she quit using it by then or what? Yeah, she she was um, yeah because she went to treatment. She had gotten sober. And then eventually, I mean, she did become a substance abuse counselor. You know, she's still sober to this day. Okay, awesome. awesome. That's awesome. And so, so you, <laughs> primary. Okay, so you're in California now. And how long? Like, told about what age were you there? Um, let's see. It was. I kind of moved around quite a bit. Yeah, I um, understand that. I came back here. I had just turned twenty-two. Okay, so where along the line did you yourself start using? I was uh, probably about seven years old, just a little guy. Um, yeah, I think I like smoked smoked a joint at a powwow. I think it was like in Auburn or something. Um, pretty sure that was it. And then I didn't really start smoking until later on nine. <sighs> Maybe middle school. That's kind of when I really got into it, I guess. And then from there, did you you just drink too? No, I just smoked weed. And so I smoked weed for a long time. And then, uh, you know, that was kind of my getaway because I figured out, you know, that's the one thing that kind of made me feel okay with all the chaos and all the uncertainty going on in my <clears> life. <throat> that, you know, that was the only thing that can kind of calm me down. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, until I found booze. All right, well, okay, later. well, then, that's, see, that's, <laughs> a, that's what I was yeah, getting yeah. to. Is like, okay, yeah, can you, yeah. all right, well, let's jump to that then and, yeah. you know, start from there. I mean, where, when, how much, with who, yeah. anything you want to tell us. Yeah, I think uh, first time I really drank, like, we, uh, 
me and my buddies, we split like a six-pack um, of Corona. It was underneath the vert ramp at Grand Prix Skateboard Park in uh, Sacramento, California. So, yeah, we had done that. And, Old yeah, I, yeah, I remember like the first time that I drank, you know, I think because there was three of us, so we only had like, you know, two beers each or something like that. But I just remember like, it's like, oh, okay, I want more, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to keep on drinking like that's, you know, but then I you know, didn't have access to it really. And I was maybe like in seventh grade or something. And uh, I didn't really <laughs> drink much after that. But I remember that feeling of just being like, okay, that's how that feels. I want to keep doing it. But, you know, my buddies had, you know, who were like maybe two years older than me, just had cut me off. They're like, no, nah, we're good. You know, like, and so that's that was kind of my introduction to that and then so how 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 did it progress how did <laughs> how did you know or where where along the line did you realize that it had become a problem oh yep so um yeah it was when i went to boarding school and uh i went to boarding school at sherman indian high school in riverside california mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. like at that time you know, we were kind of moving all over the place. We did come down. I did go to Hardin High School for maybe like two months or something. Then we did back to Sacramento and then ended up staying in Sacramento. But then we moved to Azusa, California. So, I mean, we were all over the place. And I just kind of wanted to be some sort of stability. So I decided to go to boarding school. And, you know, that's when I got introduced to drinking and yeah, that's kind of really when I went all in. You know, I was unsupervised. I was basically, I kind of raised myself. I was, you know, my mom didn't have a whole lot of time to kind of, you know, uh, to take care of me. And then uh, my dad was out of the picture, so I pretty much did whatever I wanted. Mm. And so when I found booze, you know, I was... Yeah, we would, uh, basically, we would steal bottles, and then we would sell, you know, we would sell a bottle at school to the other kids, and then drink a bottle, and then we would smoke weed, you know, so, yeah, then it kind of progressed quite a bit after that, um, to where, like, I did get kicked out of boarding school maybe three times, and then the third time, they wouldn't take me back. And then, let's see, I had to do my senior year here at uh, West High School, you know, because my mom had moved back to Montana by then, and she was staying out here. And I remember I got an MIP, and, yeah, because we were drinking at school, and so. Do you think the instability kind of led you to drink more? Yeah, for sure. I mean... I really didn't give a fuck about anything, and the way that I was living my life was, yeah, it was so chaotic. I didn't know what was going to happen or what was going to go down or just kind of, like, tired of moving all the time, and really I just wanted some sort of security, some sort of stability, some sort of foundation in life to where I can grow as, you know, as a person, but didn't know that that's what I needed or, you know, what I wanted or what I needed at the time. So once I found that, I was just like, fuck it. Makes and, sense. <clears throat> okay, so what point 
did you realize it was a problem? Oh, um, <sighs> because I know, like, for me personally, I went through so much stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, going to jail, getting into fights, oh, yeah. getting into yep. trouble. But I didn't realize <coughs> it was a problem mm-hmm. until a certain point. And, you know, like, what was that look like for you? Yeah, that was, uh, <clears throat> might have been around 23, 24. And I was, yeah, back in Montana. And I was, I had met my wife. We have probably been dating for a little while. Uh, probably together for about a year or so. But, I mean, I really wanted to make it work. And I really wanted to make things happen. And just kind of have that life that... I wasn't given, and so, but I couldn't do it. I mean, I didn't know why I couldn't do it, and I didn't know how to do it. Mm. And, yeah, I probably got in, maybe it was like my first two DUIs. I had got them back-to-back when I came back, and so it was, and that didn't stop me. And then my third DUI, it was like, I basically ran from that and didn't even want to deal with it. And so, basically, yeah, I I had like a rough go at trying to get sober. I've been trying to get sober for, I don't know, 10 years. And I accumulated almost five years now. You know, so I mean, it's been quite the journey (coughs) trying to get to where I'm at. Five years sober? Pretty close. It's July 2nd. So, yeah. Hey. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, I, I think, like, thank you. Thank you for sharing that part. But you you said that you started recognizing it was a problem. Was it really that? Or, like, what led you to decide that, hey, man, I'm, I want to quit. I want to. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to live this life of addiction anymore. You know, it was, it was the law at first. Yeah. You know, and then just kind of trying to figure out like why I'm like this, you know, and not really know understanding or even knowing what alcoholism or addiction is, and me just trying to do it and trying to figure out why and you know how to become sober and how to live that lifestyle and how to be okay with not numbing myself because that's been my only coping mechanism for so long that, you know, it's like, how do you live without it? You know, if, you know, if you're not taught any sort of healthy coping coping mechanism or um, ways to deal with emotions or anything like that, then you just don't know it, you know? And so I didn't really have anybody teach me how to deal with my emotions or feelings or, how to deal with problems or whatever. Like all I knew how to do was run, drink and smoke weed. Yeah. You know, those was, that's how I dealt with things. Did your, did your wife ask you like to stop or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it I think it got to the point where when we were dating, like, um, I was still getting fucked up and I remember being like, okay, trying to minimize it. Um, Trying to drink less, like, oh, maybe I'll just drink, you know, a couple tall cans or whatever, and then yeah. just smoke a bowl, you know, and, like, that'll be a good. But then it always led to me going to a liquor store or whatever, you know, to the corner store, you know, before 2 o'clock, before they closed or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And not meaning to do that, 
but that's always kind of what it, I had no control once I started. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, yeah, it's just. It, I'll just grab a pint. Yeah, whatever, you know. You know, minimizing yeah, it, like, hey, exactly. I'm just going to do this, like. Yeah. Um, that's kind of crazy. Like, one thing that you said earlier, you said <laughs> that you moved everywhere, but you kept drinking. And I know, like, I remember, like, being young, right, like, in my early adult years. And I moved out to California. The friendships and the sceneries changed. But one thing that remained constant was I could always find somebody that wanted the alcohol as much as I did. Mm. You know, was that kind of like... Yeah, I mean, that's with everywhere you go, there you are, you know. And yeah. that's, you know, you're always going to find the people that are going to enable you to do the things that you're going to do. And, you know, we're not going to hang out with people that drink normally. Yeah. You know, we're going to find the people that drink like us or smoke like us or whatever, you know. Those are the type of people I unconsciously sought out. So it, it just happens, doesn't it? Yep. Um, your friends that you started drinking with, uh, the two guys that you, you guys split the six pack. Do yep. you ever keep, keep in contact with them? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Do they are they do they have a problem or no? Um. Yeah. Yep. Um. I say so, but I mean that's. Yeah, yeah, no, I, no, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, 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 I'm not saying that. Like, but I'm like, did they have a problem? Because you, you mentioned like when you were explaining like uh, your story, you were like, man, I wanted more, and they were like, no, we're good. Yep, one's pretty high functioning, and the other one's not too sure what he's up to, but he was in and out of prison. When I went to California, uh, yeah. the guy that I um, partied with, right? Yeah, he was from Citrus Heights, Sacramento. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's Dude, we went to um, <laughs> we went to Disneyland. We got in a big overall. <laughs> <laughs> what year? Yeah, the happiest place on earth. <laughs> this was um, Christmas, Christmas Eve. <laughs> On oh, Christmas Eve. Yeah, Man. bro. <laughs> Man. Oh, seven. Christmas Eve. Look for yeah, it on Christmas Eve. Oh, seven, bro. <laughs> Dude, like I came to and we were freaking duking it out man and they like the people that were with they split us apart yeah and from that point on like i just went and got on the um the train that goes around the park yeah. and this old lady this older this older black lady um she ran like a youth group home yeah and she just really like had this calming effect she's like come on you ride with me you're fine right there like dude and she just rode with me felt like <laughs> i like Kind of came to my senses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. But the happiest place on earth, man, I got into a fight there. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> but I remember, like, we were leaving um, Bellflower, and there was a liquor store. It was weird because we are Bellflower. Across the street was Compton, and then across the bridge was Long Beach. And you, we walked under the underpass, right? Like, and we went and got a bottle, like a half a gallon of Captain Morgan, me and him, dude, at like right first thing in the morning. Yeah. And we just started sipping. Damn. All the way to Disneyland. <laughs> next, thing I, next thing I remember, dude, we were fighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. 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 But, they um, throw you in Mickey Mouse jail? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, what, that's what's crazy because there's security everywhere and everything uh, like that, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I just rode that, rode that train and... Stayed in Disneyland until it closed. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I don't know. It, like, the story was backwards, you know? Yeah. But uh, thank you. you. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> um, you talked about you're trying to sober up for 10 years. Uh, oh, yeah. And that was like kind of my journey. Um, it took me <laughs> a number of years, like in and out of the rooms to yeah. finally like, okay, boom. I was just like, okay, this is it, man. This is it. I'm done. Um, <clears throat> you want to talk about that? Okay. Um, and like, just kind of like going to AA and going to meetings and yeah. that, that whole experience. Okay. Yeah, the first time I went to like a just like a little thirty day treatment, like uh, yeah, it's kind of like outside of Sheridan, Wyoming, and so that it was like run by the tribe or whatever. I'm sure they bought that little facility. What's it called again? I totally was that Volunteers of America. Nah, it wasn't Thunder Child. Thunder Child. Thunder yeah, Child. Like huh, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, cool. We'll go check this out and see what's up. And then it was just basically like. Uh, I think we went to like one meeting in Sheridan or something and like tried to figure it out. And like, all I did was like take sweats and go running and shit. And I like, you know, but I really didn't kind of hash anything out from my past or kind of um, deal with anything that I needed to deal with. And so, I mean, it was just basically 30 days of just drying out and then yeah. set you loose and then back to life with no skills. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that was my first experience, and then I thought it was a total failure. I thought that I had tried, you know, because I had relapsed maybe a few months after or something. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, basically, I, yeah, relapsed after that, and uh, I didn't try for a while. Mm. Uh, I was just like, fuck it. Yeah. So, um, you know, living in my addiction for a little longer up until. What was the straw that broke the camel's back? Um, well, this was. When my son Rilo was being born, when he was, uh, you know, when my wife was pregnant with him. And so I, I was scared. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew that, you know, I was a piece of shit. I needed to get my life together. Um, I didn't want to be like my dad. And I kind of wanted to set him up with a better life than I had. And so I... I ended up going to treatment in San Francisco at the Friendship House. And, um, yeah, I almost didn't even go to that. I was so unsure. Like, you know, my my instincts were to run and hide and whatever and get fucked up. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I tried. I was there for six months inpatient. I did that. I went to a bunch of meetings um, in the Bay Area. And I started doing the steps with a sponsor. And then um, that was my introduction. That's what kind of got me into the door. And um, I thought I was going to be okay. I was doing uh, marriage counseling and stuff like that over over the phone with a psychiatrist at the you know, place in San Francisco when my wife was here in Montana. Mm-hmm. And so I should have probably stayed a year, you know to really learn new skills. I mean, to put those into practice. But, I mean, I figured after six months, I was like, okay, because my son was born here in Montana while I was maybe three months into treatment. And so I didn't Mm. meet my son until he was three months old. Oh, wow. And I met my son (coughs) at the San Francisco airport. When I graduated from treatment, my wife flew up there to, you know, come get me, then we flew back. But, uh Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. 
And so I wasn't there for the birth of my son, but I was trying to get my shit together so I could be there for the rest of his life. Right um, but yeah, I didn't, you know, just that little stint of six months or whatever, it might've seemed like a long time, but it was such a short amount of time for what I really needed to do in order to set myself up. And so I, I thought I could handle it coming back and, you know, I didn't know how to communicate with my wife. I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know how to what a healthy relationship looked like. Mm-hmm. And all I was used to and all my wife was used to was toxic relationships. And so, you know, the both of us jumping into it, thinking that we could do something different, you know, not knowing what we were going to get into. Um, and so maybe it lasted maybe about a year, and I relapsed. And I think I was out for a little while and then, but, oh yeah, I had come back to Montana, but I never faced my third DUI. I never faced any of the consequences of that. I just ran from it. I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing it. And mm-hmm. so, um, I <clears throat> came back, went to jail and took care of it. <laughs> Yeah, And so, I mean, I was already working with a lawyer in San Francisco and they were talking with another person out here and they were, you know, so when I came back, you know, the time that I had in treatment, that would count for something, you know? And so, yeah, I came back, went to jail, got on probation. And then, uh, yeah. And so when I did relapse and then I did, you know, I was out there messing up. My wife did call me a probation officer and then I did have to deal with those consequences again. And, you know, they gave me just a few classes or whatever to take, those at classes or whatever it was. It was just something small. Um, And that it was like a thinking errors class or something like that. Um, And then I was sober for maybe almost three years. So I tried to do good. I was going to college. I was trying to do something different or whatever, you know, trying to figure out my life. But um, I had, yeah, we were struggling. I mean, I was fighting fire in the summer and then doing construction on the side, you know, while I was in school. But, I mean, I could only work so many hours and I could only do so much. I couldn't really work full time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to manage my money. Yeah, that's also a big thing. You know, where I didn't know how to make it stretch out and stuff, which I, you know, I'm trying to do now and trying to learn from past. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that left me struggling while I was in school, and then I was about to have my second son, and so my little guy, baby Ashler. And so, um, yeah, I was maybe just finishing up my first year or whatever. Um yeah, we had him, and we were struggling and shit. And so I was, I had a buddy who was like, hey, you know, like, hey, if we need some extra cash or whatever, I got some weed for pretty cheap that you could flip, you could sell. And I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. You know, like, I'm sober for this long. I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, and then... uh I think I had tried to sell some shit at the powwow or something like that just to bring in some extra cash, like have a little food stand. And then that kind of went to shit. And I think I broke even or something. And I was just like, 
us is fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know, and like when, you know, kind of push came to shove, it was like, all right, I got to get some fucking money and I got to do something now. And I was like, fuck it. Give me an ounce, you know. And so I took that mm-hmm. and I flipped it, you know. And then I just kept doing that until I can get caught up. But then having that much weed around me and trying to be sober, that was probably the fucking stupidest thing I could have done, you know? <laughs> True. Like, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but that was my addictive mind being like, yeah, you could do this, but it was just a slow way to try to bring me back in. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no. Nah. I was like resorting back to old habits and not having a good foundation here in Montana as far as, like, recovery goes and not having, you know, not trying to – pick up a new sponsor, trying to keep my sponsor in San Francisco, trying to half-ass it, you know. Mm. And so I, um, yeah, that took me out. I started smoking weed, and it was just weed for a little while, you know. And then my wife caught me. I think I was smoking a bowl or something in my truck, like, um, yeah, heading on my way to school or something, and she caught me, and she was like, what the fuck you doing, you know, and like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so I was like, Smudging. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go like that. Yeah. You know, and she's not, she's not about it just because of all the past, you know, and all the trouble it's caused us in the past. Like, it's like, nah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. So, I mean, she's like, yeah, grab your shit. And so I grabbed my shit and I left and I went to go stay with my one cousin. Yeah, he's a skateboarder from Texas. He's a crazy, crazy son of a bitch. And so, um, yeah, I stayed with him and then it wasn't that much later. I was like, all right, let's get, you know, got a six pack. And then it was like, okay, cool. And then I'm fucking drinking again, like (laughs) bottles and shit. Like it was like, oh, I like, I never fucking stopped. Yep. And so. Yeah, so I was off and running, and it wasn't too much later, fourth DUI. And that one scared the shit out of me. It was like, oh, I'm going to prison. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm really fucking up now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I dealt with that. You know, I got, you know, I was sat in jail for a little bit, and then uh, once I got out, you know, they put me on the scram bracelet, and I had that on for maybe a year and a half or something. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, I had that on for a long amount of time. Um, I was still going to school. I went back for my second year to finish up my little associate's degree for welding and metal fab. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, I really had to figure out, okay, I can't fuck this up. Like, I, I got to do, you know, I got to do it, and I got to figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know, otherwise, you know, I got little dudes that depend on me. I got I got to figure it out. And so, um, yeah, I did that for a while. I was going to meetings. Um, that, yeah, that first year working with my lawyer and going to school, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to graduate from, you know, college. I wasn't sure if they were going to let me or if I was just going to go to jail before I could even graduate. Mm. So I took the shot and then, you know, the try and finish and then talk. With, you know, my lawyer was like, you know what, we're just going to keep switching lawyers, you know, and then we'll have to kind of push it back. You know, and then we did that until I graduated. Oh, and nice. So, um, Worked the system. Yep. And so, 
I walked across that fucking stage with a scram bracelet on. Damn. <laughs> Damn. You know, like, and that's the type of shit that, like, I don't really tell people, but I mean, <clears throat> I had to struggle and fight my disease and try to make a way for myself and my family and do something that, you know, my dad hasn't done or, you know, try and do, figure out a new life. And it's, yeah, it was super hard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so from there, I. You know, they came up with a plea agreement. I would do the steer court program, and that was, they were like, oh, yeah, it's like maybe like 15 months or something, 13, 15 months. I'm like, okay, cool. And once I do that, I'll be done, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I did that. I was in there for three years. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did, you know, and by that time, you know, I had graduated. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I could start my career as a welder, you know. Do that, I could start, you know, bringing some decent money in and, you know, try and build that life with my family and just make it happen. And so I'd wake up, you know, I got jobs here. I worked at most of the shops here in town, um, most of the major welding shops. And then I, uh, yeah, I worked that schedule. Which sometimes it was 6 a.m. to 4.30 or sometimes it was 5 a.m. to 4.30, you know, but you're up all day. So I would get up around 3.30, 4 o'clock or whatever, get ready for work, pack my lunch and shit, because you only got half an hour to do do that. And then uh, random UAs and all that stuff. You'd have to be there before 10 a.m., from 7.30 to 10 a.m. And then, so it was a hustle to do all that. Um, yeah, so I'd be at work all day. And then from there, right as soon as I got out of work, I would race down to... Silver Leaf, and I would go do outpatient treatment from 5 to 8, and then I would go home, shower really quick, eat something, go to bed, do it all over again. And I did that for 22 months. Dang. Yep. And I was like, yeah, this is what I got to do, you know, in order to make it. And it was hard to break down my barriers in treatment. It was hard to uh, break down my defenses. And... um. Yeah, trying to avoid stuff, trying to avoid my life, trying to avoid the things that I didn't want to talk about, Mm. have those conversations with my counselor, talk about things I didn't want to talk about with my wife, Mm. Um, really take accountability for my actions. Um, Yeah, scary thing to do. Um, Tell my sponsor, go through the fourth and fifth step talk about the shit that I don't want to talk about, the shit that I'm ashamed of, mm. how to deal with shame. Oh, man. Like, really go through a lot to try and, I mean, man, we had so much stuff, but I, I have so much treatment in me that I needed it so bad in order just to live. I mean, it was a good experience, and I really needed it. you know. And I'm glad they kept me for as long as I did because – that helped me establish a better life. You know, while I was in, in there, I was building my life up. And so, and talking with other people and building a network around me of sober dudes. And so, yeah, that helped me with everything that I do as far as like my career. Um, I seen other contractors in there, like other welders, you know, and I would ask some questions and I would talk to other people that were sober and contracting and stuff and asking them like, okay, how do you do this? How do you do that? Like, you know, cause how, you know, other people are, 
you know, I see what other people are doing and I want that. And so, I yeah. mean, you kind of find the guys that are doing it and you jump back in the, you jump in there with them and try and figure out how they're doing it. And you try to live that life. And so I never thought I would start a business or even try to do that. Um, I don't even know how I'm here. I mean, things, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. things have yeah, just yeah, been yeah. happening. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I figured out that working in the shops, I wasn't going to get rich or I wasn't going to make a lot of money. If I stuck at that, it's a slow track to trying to build stable life. And I've missed out on so much. Like, I feel like I got to move quick and I got to hustle fast in order to jump ahead and be where I feel like I should be. But mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm exactly where I need to be. Right on. And so, you know, like just learning how to manage a business and deal with my family and, you know, be in a position to where I'm able to help my family, I guess. Um, and I don't, that's, yep. that's pretty good. seems like you just kept your side of the street clean. And then, you know, but it just started opening these doors. And yeah. I think all three of us here can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, we're just keeping our side of the street clean and these doors are just opening. Um, Cause you just said that you don't even know why, or you don't even know how you, uh, got to where you are and stuff. That's pretty cool. So, like, today, um, what helps you, like, you know, stay on the red road? What helps you stay in recovery? What do you do for yourself? I still do counseling. Uh, I still meet up with a counselor maybe once a month, the same one that I had when I was going to treatment. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I still work with her. She doesn't charge me or anything. Um which is cool. She was like, yeah, if you just want to keep coming in the sessions and we can still talk about some things. And yeah, because I was still working on things, especially with my wife, like things aren't, you know, always going to be the greatest. And I still need to, I still need that support. Mm -hmm. And I still do meetings. Um, I probably should jump back into the book with a sponsor. I, uh, I had a sponsor at the recovery group. I haven't talked to him in quite a while. Mm. But I, I think it's one of those things though. It's like I, I don't want to get another new sponsor, but I probably should, and somebody that I can, you know, feel more comfortable talking with. Yeah. And so I just probably need to do that instead of uh, procrastinating or avoiding the situation, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is my go-to. Yeah, know, I think that's all our go-to is to avoid that. Yeah. Avoid reaching out. Yeah, for that. sure. But they say, like, the old school saying, like, that phone is, like, 10,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Know, can't pick it up. Yeah. It's like 10,000. 10,000. Um, yeah, one thing that I do is, you know, I got accountability people. I don't necessarily have a sponsor right now. Yeah. And I have, like, you know, a handful of accountability people that if I feel like I can't handle something, I shoot that off of them and get, like, five different perspectives on it. Yeah. Um, that helps me out a lot because my best thinking, you know, you know, the same land mean jails, institutions, and ultimately death. So uh, I try not to trust my own my own wit. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for sharing uh, your story. It's powerful, man. And I've been kind of on the sidelines watching you <clears throat> throughout the years, ever since I met you at the Goldswell Banquets. <laughs> Um, but no, man, it's cool. And I'm, I'm happy for you that you come this far and 
I just wanted to open up the floor to you. Do you have any questions for us? Um, no, this is my first time doing this. This is pretty cool. I like it. I mean, I like what you guys are doing. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing. And, I'm, you know, there's not anything like this that's been here before. So, I mean, this is, this is the first, and this is good. I like it. Uh-hoo. Thank you. Oh, oh. Um, what is one thing that you would say to, like, someone that kind of grew up like you, similar situation, um, and they're just fresh to recovery, and they happen to turn this podcast on, and they're listening to you, what would, what would you say to them? Yeah, people are willing to help you as long as you're willing to put in the work. Mm. And, yeah, there's a better way. Yep. For sure, for sure. And in my experience, like, once I was willing to put in the work on myself, start working on myself, and then, like, the helpers came. Yep. And different, like, complete strangers <laughs> came into my life and just, like, cared. Rooted me on. They still root me on to this day. You know what I mean? Yep. Right on. So thank you for coming in. You guys got any more questions? Anything to follow up? Mm, politics suck, Asher. Tell me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> a joke? Oh, yeah. man. Damn. Okay. I think I got one. Put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I better not tell. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't you, know. you can't build up and then just. I know you got to tell. Hey, now. okay, okay. Uh, How about this then? I'll, I'll, I'll let you off the hook just a little bit. Tell <laughs> us your best dad joke. Oh, damn. I know. Mm. Oh, I got one. Okay, you know that golf course like by on Broadwater. Broadwater, way up there. Oh, that part yeah. three. I uh, know it's not Broadwater. It's Central. Uh, no, yeah, Central, right? Uh, right Central. There, right. I think I know where that. Yeah, at. there's that golf course, and then there's that. Uh, Cemetery right next to it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So why do you think they put that cemetery next to the golf course? Why is that? So they don't hit nobody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's this guy's golf course, too. <laughs> That's the home court. The home court. The home course there. Now that's cool, man. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Um, And, and I think it's awesome just from the outside looking in, just from what you shared with us, like, you're creating that life that you always wanted for your children. Yeah, man. And, man, there is nothing more awesome than seeing a father take his rightful place mm. and being mm. present. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I get to deal with everything that I need to deal with, and I don't get, I don't have to pass my crap onto my kids. Yes, sir. Yes. You know, yes, they can live, just be happy, healthy kids and, you know, enjoy being a kid. Yeah. 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 And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is, like, man, like, my dad, like, I've learned so much from my offspring. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how not to be. Um, but that's awesome, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, like, dude, it's awesome. You're a business owner. Like, man, everything that you fought for. You know, yeah. like you're breaking that chain for your children. Yeah. And keep keep up the good work, bro. For sure. Keep it up. Keep going. Don't yeah, look yeah. back. <laughs> Don't look back. <laughs> you better get out we're gonna start singing to you all right cool man thanks yeah. for coming in appreciate you and appreciate your story all right man i gotta go bathroom where's the bathroom man right down the hall <laughs> hey oh, what 74 yeah <laughs> uh he gone he gone he gone he gone he gone yeah yeah um so yeah just initial reflection um, I'll go over here to the pod, Gotti. 
I think it was awesome uh, to hear his story. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me was like the stability that he's creating in his children's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guess like what I took from the story is like, okay, like it was his instability um, and, and just wanting to fit in and the alcohol was always there. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, yep. like no matter where we're at. And it's kind of funny because like, I know it was true in my life is like, no matter where I was, I always found people that thought like me mm. and behaved like me. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't matter if I was home here in Billings or, you know, if I was across the country. Yeah. Um, I always found people that were like me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's awesome that he's, you know, he's, he's changing the lives of his children by being there. Yeah. And at first it, it wasn't something that he wanted to do. He was trying to, you know, please the law, but. I mean, I think we can all agree life's better when we're sober. Oh, yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. and just to see this young man, entrepreneur, started his own business, became the father that he's called to be, freaking just building this nice, stable life. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, you're still young, bro. Like, you know? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's what I got. Favor didn't din. Wake up. Hmm. Mm. No, I, again, you know, with these stories, I I just heard so much of myself. Yeah. Like, um, moving around a lot. And, 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 you know, he did say one thing that I happen to agree with is no matter where you go, there you are. Yep. And, you know, unless we take care of our own, our own stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's always going to be the same. And I could really relate to the fact that, you know, the struggle is real. Mm. You know, things happen that kind of cause you to start down this path of recovery. And then, you know, that the enemy wants you back. So, you know, we we sabotage that. Mm. Um, And then, you know, going off what Randy said too, you know, unconsciously finding other people who are like-minded. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, but again, you know, that, that whole struggle of like, this is what I got to do, but still having, you know, going back, going back, going back and then, uh, finding ultimately whatever it is that we find for each individual. Cause it's different, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever it is that you need to find to keep you on that straight and narrow, to keep you going back to the meetings. Mm. To keep you going, you know what? And another thing too that really stood out was like, you know, he uh, chooses to attend to counseling when he doesn't have to, right? Yep, yep, yes. And, and so, like, man, I, I like I'm so programmed at this point. Yeah, like I kind of need a break from those things. But I mean, mm. that's that just goes to show his uh, dedication to becoming a better person, better man, a better. Uh, father and husband right yeah like he chooses to do that with some somebody that you know um you know by the grace of god says i won't even charge you yes sir. And, but to actually you know utilize that yep on your own free will and of your own volition that says a lot right there Hell because yeah. you know uh i know especially hearing him say you know i ran from things i put mm-hmm. it off i procrastinated I didn't want to deal with it. Um, after having said that, but then in the next breath saying, I still go to counseling. 
Yeah. Even yeah. though, you know, you don't have to. Like, it's not like a requirement. I think that just says a lot about where his where he's at. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ditto on what both of you guys said. And the thing, like, when he said that he wanted to, you know, he wanted to be a better father, um, but he couldn't figure out why he kept effing up and yeah. kept boozing and kept smoking weed. Um, that was that was me too, man. That's me too, man. Um, me too. Is me too, man. Me Pac-Man. too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I called it like spitting my wheels. I said that in a previous episode where I felt like I was just spitting my wheels. I had all these hopes and dreams, and I would think about them when I was drunk. But I was just spitting my wheels because I couldn't. My my addiction, my use, my my vodka was way too more more important than trying to go after these things. And it wasn't until. You know, I started walking the red road that I've been able to accomplish these things and more. And one of my things was like, I wanted to be a good dad. I want to be a good dad to my kids. I want to be there for them. I want to be in their lives. But that was like an aspiration of mine. But in my addiction, I was just spitting my wheels to the point where I was telling myself I didn't even care if I seen them or not. Oh, they're safe. They're with their moms. They're getting child support. They're safe. I can do my thing here. You know, that's that's that lie I was telling myself. But I believed it. Uh-huh. I told myself so many times that I just believed it. So, yeah. And, you know, he's one of my relatives, and I've seen him, you know, struggling in and out of the rooms, and, and I'm just happy for him. I'm, you know, thankful for him and everybody else that has come in and shared their story. It's not an easy thing to do. It no. takes a lot out of us Yeah, when we do it. So... Big ups to everybody that's come into Unspoken Words and shared their story. And if you ever feel like nobody has your back, Unspoken Words has your back. Yeah, yeah. Her day. <laughs> give me some, give me the horse. <laughs> I want the horse. I thought, I thought Randy was going to say, yeah. <laughs> 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 What's the soup du jour? The soup of the day mm, Sounds good <laughs> I don't know but it sounds good <laughs> Sounds provocative <laughs> Nobody knows what it means <laughs> <laughs> Oh man You guys good? You good man? Yes, sir. You're, this guy over here looks like you're tired Nodding off over here No no I'm, that whopper? I'm fine I just yeah, I'm still There's hungry. all that meat that he had before this show all that meat that tastes like rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> tastes like rubbers. He took all the buns off. <laughs> oh, no, I was listening to that episode when... Uh, Attack the buns. Debbie was here. We were talking about Impossible Whopper. And uh, I missed it in real time, but then you said, it tastes like rubbers. <laughs> and this guy was like, what did you say? Uh-oh. But I was I was like on my rant talking about it tastes like Chuck Wagenburgers. Yeah. And I see, missed I, it in real time. When when you said chuck wagon, I thought you were talking about like it tastes like the ham sandwich one. Oh no! But you were talking about the uh, charbroil. The charbroil, yeah, 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 yeah that's that, what it's called. Yeah, charbroil. So I was confused. I was like, it doesn't taste like that at all. Yeah, I remember when I was younger. That's what I like. I wanted that those yeah. sandwiches, and then like you order, like why did I ever want that? Like, I know. Get that in a bag of chips and yeah. a soda for the ride home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a meal for five bucks. 
Back then, it was uh, like two dollars, and then yeah, yeah. Hey, you try to get those sandwiches now; it's like six dollars a sandwich. Oh, is it? Freaking yeah, outrageous, man. I mean, yeah. They're a lot for those like uh, four microwave, five bucks, microwave yeah. burgers. And, and you know what I miss? It's like Biggie fries and Biggie drink. And I miss that. I just get like I just miss Biggie. I just miss Biggie. At Wendy's, and we get like three Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers and Biggie Fries, Biggie Drink for five bucks. Yeah. Back in the day, I didn't have it anymore. And I remember, like, uh, in Junior Bacon's are so small now. <clears throat> we, uh, like 250. Yeah, they're small too. Like, I know. We used to travel with, uh, go to districts with the, with the band. Mm. So I played the drums in the band, and then they were after after we kind of sucked though because after we played after halftime, then we had to leave. We didn't get to watch the whole game. What? Why would they, they do that? Like, uh, plenty cool. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's Daniel Cybrant. He was the one that did that. I blame him. Anyway, the band had to leave at halftime after we were done. Yeah. What? We we play the we play the music at the beginning and then at halftime and mm-hmm. then. After we broke down, then we'd have, we couldn't even watch to, to the end of the game. <laughs> That's so dumb. But anyway. What? Getting back on track is that we'd, we'd always stop at Wendy's, and back then they would give you $7. Each one of us had $7. Mm. And, man, that's what I used to do is get all the dollar menu items mm-hmm. and have, like, a whole, well, obviously seven things. But, yeah, you get the a lot of fries food. and the, the junior bacon cheeseburgers. All kinds Frosties, of Frosties. Mm. Meet up the wazoo. Yeah. What? Horse cream. meat. Horse. Wait, 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 what? Whoa, what? What? Because it sounded like one of you said horse meat and the other one said cream. So it sounded like you said horse cream. You had horse meat and cream? Horse meat and cream. How's the horse meat and cream today? Creamed horse? The cream of horse. <laughs> that is episode 74. 74, yeah! Soup du jour is cream of horse. <laughs> You guys are ridiculous. Mm-mm. Cream of horse. Cream of horse. <laughs> this guy's getting a kick out of cream of horse. Baloney. So oh, how about the cream of puppy? No. No? No. 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 All right, well, you know what they say. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Four drumsticks is better than two. Yes, and that is the rest of the story here on Unspoken Words, episode 74. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Please uh, subscribe, like, share our Share the unspoken words gospel Billy Graham style. We love you. We appreciate you, our listeners over flat earth. Have a good week. If you're in Billings, Montana area, come to the powwow. What's up, Holler at your boy? This is your favorite Indian, JCB. Hey, yo, it's Randy B, aka Pod Gotti. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.